0: I'm Scott. I'm Bill. And we're, we're the, the Trade, trade Guys. Guys. You're listening to The Trade
1: Guys, a podcast produced by CSIS, where we talk about trade in terms that everyone can understand. I'm H. Andrew Schwartz, and I'm here with Scott Miller and Bill Reinch, the CSIS Trade Guys. Today on The Trade Guys, we break down all the news from President Trump's trip to Buenos Aires for the G20, including his showdown dinner with China's president. Will their temporary trade truce last, or are the two countries destined to continue fighting? Plus, on President Trump's way back from the summit, he made his first move in the upcoming congressional fight over the new USMCA agreement. Buckle up, because there's a lot to discuss on this episode of The Trade Guys. Trade Guys, Bill Reinsch, Scott Miller, We've got a lot to talk about here. Let's begin with the fact that as we speak, it is Tuesday at 2.15, and the stock market is cratering. It's down almost 700 points, erasing the gains from the last couple days. And the reports are that it's because of the miscommunications over this trade pact that happened. I mean, I'm looking at a Washington Post headline from just yesterday. Our buddy David Lynch from the Post says that headline says, the trade terrain has forever changed. What the heck is going on here?
0: Well, it's hard to say. You know, if you look at last week, it was down one day, it was down 600. Got all that back over a few days. Yep. Uh, I think this time it's uncertainty. The uncertainty is stimulated by something that has happened before. But this particular administration, I think it, it's it's all the worse, which is uh, there was a dinner uh, Saturday night with the Chinese. president. Our president pronounced it a great success, as he does all of his events. It was beautiful. But um, there was no joint statement that was issued. Each side issued its own statement afterwards. Uh, and to the surprise of no one, they were not the same.
1: So there's confusion confusion. about what was agreed to and not agreed to.
0: The Chinese statement left out several of the things that the president bragged about. They didn't talk about car tariffs. Auto tariffs are huge. Yeah, they didn't mention that. Uh, Their statement about what they had committed to was a lot vaguer than the president's.
1: The president tweeted that China has agreed to reduce and remove tariffs on imported U.S. cars.
0: Yes, well, parts, that's, and not, and car parts. that's not what the Chinese said. The Chinese said nothing about that. Uh, and when Larry Kudlow was interviewed yesterday, correct, so they
1: don't have a specific. He, he
0: said we're still talking about that. We think you know? we have it, but we yes, have, yes. yes. Well, so, so this, this reminds me of an old friend
2: of mine who was a commodities trader who always said a verbal agreement's not worth the paper it's printed on. Sure, and one of the reasons <laughs> for that is people come away with different impressions. That seems to have happened here. Uh, Mr. Kudlow yesterday in the interview uh, actually had to uh, had to issue a correction on when the 90-day period begins of the 90 days of intensified negotiation. We don't negotiations. Even know when the heck this begins. Well, we, we found out. He said it was January 1st. We realize now, which would have made it a 120-day period yeah. from the dinner, and then it got wound back. It's December 1st. So it actually is 90 days from the dinner or okay, December Okay, Scott 1st.
1: Miller, but to your verbal agreement, so this is the same thing. If a, a high school football player verbally commits to, Ohio, to the Ohio State University, it's not worth the th- – there is no paper, and it's not worth the verbal commitment. It's not signed. It's not deal. He could go to Notre Dame next week if Notre Dame comes around and says – and gives him – it says, hey, no. you're going to start next year. You're not going to redshirt.
0: Are we going to talking about your son here?
2: No, no. 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 That,
1: that's, no. A, that's a whole other matter. And, and but but that's right. And this, look, this is, another this day, is why
2: <laughs> the people who follow the what we used to call the Sherpas, who follow the leaders around to these uh, joint sessions – uh, take copious notes and prepare communiques and prepare joint statements. So this kind of, of confusion isn't the result. We didn't so, ha- That didn't happen here so, so, so and here so we are. it
1: was reported that there was a deal, but there is no deal on paper. So
2: there's confusion and well, what now? Well, like we said last week, the, the, there's a deal to make a deal. In other words, the president. What the right. president agreed. We know the president agreed to because both the president and the Chinese reported it. Is that that more tariffs that were scheduled to go into effect on on January one will not. That those tariffs are suspended in the meantime. Now there are some, there are some market access commitments from the Chinese that are not clear. There is a period of negotiation for the remaining problems, which is ninety days from December. First to be led by Robert Lighthizer, the U.S. Trade Representative, and th- so those talks will begin. Both sides agree those talks are happening. Uh, but in terms of what else happens besides the tariff, the standstill on tariffs, uh, it's uh, it's anybody's guess.
0: And once again, I would say the greatest dealmaker in the world got played. What did you talking about, President Trump? I am okay. What he gave up was leverage, the the additional tariffs that he was going to put on. So what did we get? We get an agreement to have more talks uh, with no sense that they'll be any different from the last 15 months. We get a commitment without any numbers about buying more stuff. Uh, The Chinese did seem to agree that they're going to buy more stuff, but there doesn't seem to be an agreement on how much stuff or what stuff. What kind of stuff, yes. Uh, And uh, third, we get disagreement on a number of other fairly important things like automobile tariffs. So we come away with very little, I think.
1: What 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 did we actually get? I mean, I, I there's a report that they're going to classify fentanyl as dangerous.
0: Yes, for me, this is the, the this is the Chinese giving up their revenge for the opium wars. Actually,
1: right. So, but, th- but that uh, is
0: that is a tangible accomplishment. Both sides agree on that. Right. So that's fentanyl is scheduled, so it will make it much more difficult. Well, but the Chinese traffic. commitment was vaguer than the American statement yes, of their commitment. Correct. The Americans said they're going to list it, and uh, and the Chinese said we're going to regulate it. So we'll see what that means in Chinese diplomatic speak.
1: So nothing has really happened. So, like, for instance, we're talking about the car tariff issue. At issue is that there are 40 percent tariffs that Beijing has imposed imposed on all U.S. exports of cars and car parts to China since July. That's a high tariff. That has not been eliminated yet.
0: No, but you have to break it down into pieces because this has also been the subject of uh, something I think that Mr. Kudlow said yesterday. The 40 percent is two parts. Part one is fifteen percent, which is, is the, what the Chinese start charge everybody. That's their MFN tariff. That's their MFN tariff, which they had lowered from I think twenty five before. To 15, they right. brought it down to fifteen unilaterally, and then the additional twenty five. Fifteen plus twenty five makes forty. The additional twenty five is that's their retaliation for, for our tariffs on done. them. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Now here you got Kudlow, I believe it was, yes. saying, the Chinese agreed to take it down to zero. Well. They can't take it down to zero unless they take it down to zero for everybody, because the, the most fundamental WTO rule is most favored nation. If they they can take us they can take us down to 15 merely by removing their retaliation. Correct. That's OK. If they take us down to zero, they have to take everybody down to zero. And, I see. And
2: not uh, violate their, their in, Otherwise,
0: they are in violation of their obligations. I don't think that's what they're going to do. Probably not.
1: So why is this a landscape shifting event? Washington Post says the terrain has forever changed.
2: You'd uh, have to ask them.
1: Reuters is saying, you know, the, the landscape has changed. Threat of tariff remains, but further down the road. W- w- what, what's changed here?
0: This would obligate me to say something that's vaguely critical of a journalist. That's okay. I don't know. I I think they felt that—I think they—at the time, and this was written uh, immediately afterwards or the next day, I think the feeling was that this potentially broke a logjam, that here we had been— Beating each other over the head for 15 months, making no progress at all, and now the two the two big Kahuna's have actually gotten together and said, in a essence, we're going to solve this problem and we're going to solve it in 90 days.
1: Okay, but isn't that still the case?
2: Yes, and yes. that that was a change. Yes. And, and that there had been not even we had, couldn't agree who would, ought to show up for a meeting before this. So the, there was no no there were right. no uh, real serious meetings. We had the serious meeting between the two presidents, and now we have an agreement with uh, you know with at least the USTR designee, or Ambassador Lighthizer, is going to do some work for the next 90 days. Right. So that is a change to the landscape.
1: And, and, and one thing that we do know is that Lighthizer, Ambassador Lighthizer, is going to be the man on point. There's no confusion about that, correct?
0: Uh, Well, not. Because Mr.
1: Navarro is hanging around this issue, too. And he was he was there uh, over the weekend.
0: And Secretary Mnuchin says he'll be there. Yes. And I guess Ross will be there. It looks. I mean, everybody else is saying it's a collective effort. The president has designated Ambassador Lighthizer, it appears, right. and most of the others. I think all of the others are now acknowledging. Yes, he's in charge. So
1: is he first among equals?
0: He's first among equals, but all the other guys are going to be in the room. Is what it sounds like.
1: Oy vey. That's a lot of. That's a lot of guys in the it's room. A lot who of
0: firepower, all, and they and they don't all agree. They do not all agree. Well, that's and, for and sure. this is going to be critical
2: in this period of time because look, it's easy to to agree that. Intellectual property theft is a problem. It's easy yeah. to agree that China treats foreign investors quite badly and should not do that. It's easy to agree there's subsidies for state-owned enterprises right. that are that are probably unfair. Right. Okay? Now the question is, what exactly do we want China to agree to? How would we know if they accomplished it? You know, getting from the general statement that there's a problem to a specific set of of actions and then Measuring those remedies and making sure they were implemented is quite uh, is quite a delicate and artful process. I don't know if a big room helps or that. I mean, if, if I had to choose somebody in the administration to deliver those kind of specifics, I'd probably choose Ambassador Lighthizer. But that's just – Well, and Peter
1: Navarro said yesterday, told NPR – quote we've given the chinese 90 days to do what they should have been doing for the last 20 years. so this isn't exactly playing nice no. here.
0: yeah there's there are different theories about how to do this. and is this good cop bad cop? no. i think there's genuine disagreement inside the inside the administration on the answer to your question, which is what are we trying to do? yeah. but i think uh, what ambassador lighthizer has said both publicly and privately is that he doesn't want to get played by the Chinese, Correct. that what they are very good at doing, which is actually the same thing that he experienced with the Japanese in the 80s, is coming in and saying, we'll give them all our complaints, and they'll come in and say, well, what do you really want? And then they'll come back and say, well, what's the one thing that you really, really want? and they've talked you down you know and and what what bob does not want to do is get into a situation where he's negotiating with himself where he keeps limiting his objectives but the consequence of that is for the united states to steadfastly say we're not going to propose anything we've sent you this six or eight page document that outlines all your sins and uh, what we want you to do is fix all that just change your economy fundamentally just yes stop it with the state capitalism but uh, if we give, you see, he's afraid if we give you 12 ways to do that, then you're going to talk us down to three. And at the end of the day, you're going to talk us down to one and then we lose. So we're not going to play that game. But the consequence of not playing that game is we never tell them what, we, you know, what we really want. What we actually were looking for. Now, go, go get to an end point in 90 days with that challenge.
1: Well, so is there some reason here to be optimistic? I mean, the market clearly today so far is not optimistic. There's, there seems to be some floundering. There's some confusion. There's uh, administration officials who are talking, it seems, either past each other or they're trying to get each other to do something that the other one doesn't want to do. president hasn't exactly weighed in yet today on Twitter or otherwise. But is there some reason to be optimistic here about what happened and what we think is going to happen?
0: I haven't been, and I'm still not. I think our demands—and it's what Scott said it correctly—really, we're trying to turn them into a market economy. Uh, they're not going to do that, right? Uh, and some—this is the you know irresistible force and the immovable object. Somebody's going—we're either going to have to scale back our goals. Or maybe the Chinese will have some kind of epiphany and suddenly decide that that to do what their economists have been telling them for a long time. Uh, I mean, this is one of these ironic issues where their economists and our economists both understand what needs to be done, but the politicians don't listen to the economists. Yeah. For instance, on subsidies. They are wasting
2: so much capital and have been for many yes. years. It would be in their interest to stop the crazy subsidies of state-owned enterprises. But, it's not in their political interest. So look, is there good is there good news here? Well, I think was Churchill has said, talk, talk is better than war war. So yeah. so let's talk talk for a while and see how it goes. i'm I'm really skeptical of an outcome just because of exactly what Bill laid out. We have not been specific or clear about what we want, and we're going to have to have something that we can measure that we can ensure is being implemented that looks like real action uh, in order to to uh, to get anywhere in this. But
1: if you're President Trump and the gang, Don't you emerge from this thinking that the Chinese leader has agreed to some concessions here, some important concessions, even if they're not on paper, even if they're not all completely spelled out? I mean, that's what Lighthizer is supposed to do now is go codify them. Don't you walk away from this thinking that the Chinese leader, uh, Xi Jinping, has agreed to some concessions or many concessions?
0: Well, if you believe President Trump. Yes, mm-hmm. but that doesn't seem to be so far what's happening. I mean, the other thing that Trump said is, uh, and Kudlow mentioned this yesterday is they agreed to start making these changes immediately mm-hmm. and Larry said he went back and said, "Are you sure what does immediately mean? It means right away, uh, and meaning like Monday yesterday, uh, we're expecting something well, there, nothing, well happened. nothing happened. Uh, it sounds like nothing happened today either, and so except the market crash except we us, but that wasn't. <laughs> I don't think the Chinese can be held directly responsible for that. No, no.
1: I, I, but still, the market crash—that's well, what well, happened. The, today well, just so to
2: far. be clear, the Dow Jones Industrial dropped two twenty-five thousand.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's still very historically right. high. Yes.
0: Right. It, it's still six hundred above where it was, I think, a week ago. Yes.
2: Right. Right. So, so there's look, there's
0: volatility is
2: back with us. It didn't go away for long. It's with us now. The two main sources of volatility that that the, that the street will tell you about are. Federal Reserve policy and U.S.-China relations. Those are the uncertainties that the market is trying to calibrate and is having a tough time finding the information. Volatility is just is just a, a piece of evidence that the market can't find what it's looking for in the facts.
1: So, if you had to say one or the other came out on top from this weekend, who would it be, President Trump or uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping?
2: Look, I think both, both countries needed something to work on instead of continued escalation so i think it's a good result for both sides i think continued escalation without off ramps seemed like seemed like just Looking over the cliff, I'm not sure I wanted to do that. I'm not exactly sure how they'll how they'll they'll they'll, they'll manage to find a solution in the middle here. But what they've done is agreed to talk. Agree, they've agreed to work on something. And it seems to me both parties
0: would like not to jump off the cliff. So that's
2: probably a positive
0: story. Bill Rice, yes. what do you think? I, I think I think he's right. There's a there's a degree of sort of symbolism to that uh, to this. Both parties. Do seem to want to reach resolution. But all they did was kick the can. So what's going? To, what what it means in practical terms, at least for us, is you know, in the end of February, we're going to have another one of these podcasts, and we're going to be having the same conversation that we had last week and this week.
1: No, no you, you should not tell our listeners that it's going to be a totally different conversation. It's Ugh. going to be even more exciting, more fun, more dramatic, funnier. Yes. We'll talk music. We'll talk sports. We'll
2: talk. It'll be great. We'll talk Porter Wagoner. Well, we'll the, the, yeah, there's a famous <laughs> country song. You know, tell us. I, I this. live in a two story house she's got her story i got mine <laughs> so in
1: this situation xi jinping's got his story and, and, and donald trump has his something like that
0: well, well it's it's what the la times headline he said she said
2: oh yeah there well that, you can't you can't uh, you couldn't pass that one up Looks bit, it's better in writing than in verbally so so the times sure. gotta write by putting it in print
1: sure sure all right so shifting gears we have to shift gears because we have to talk nafta because this might be the last time we can call it nafta President Trump has said that he's going to force a withdrawal from NAFTA by a vote in Congress over the new US-Mexico-Canada agreement, USMCA, uh, that was designed to light a fire under lawmakers um, who might otherwise drag their feet. So Larry Kudlow said yesterday,
0: what about all this? Bill Reinsch? Well, they haven't had time to drag their feet. I mean, it was signed Friday. Yeah, not a lot of time. uh, He's taken—it's a hardball move. And my prediction is it's a hardball move. Everybody in Congress will get very upset. Uh, Some of them will sue him uh, over whether he has authority to do this or not. Uh, I think they'll lose, but they'll do it anyway. But
1: But, Congress will sue? Or some members will sue.
0: Here's the story. They have standing. Article uh, 2205 of the NAFTA
2: says any party may withdraw with six months' notice. The The legal question is who's the party? Is it the President of the United States? Is it the people and government of
0: the United States? Uh, is the, it the Congress? Is it the Congress? So they the want con- to kick
1: this to the courts now?
0: Well, the, well the, I think somebody will. That hasn't come up yet. But uh, the, one, the reason members of Congress will be upset is for two reasons. One, he's trying to jam them. He's telling them, you have to pick new NAFTA or nothing. You right. can't have old NAFTA. And he knows very well that for the, both parties, the worst possible outcome is nothing. No old NAFTA, no new NAFTA, and neither party wants to get the blame for that. Right, And they also know that if it goes down, if they defeat it or don't vote on it, then Trump's going to blame them for, sure. for having nothing. So they're unhappy because he's trying to jam them. There are also... Are the, when you say they're unhappy, is this re- both Republicans yes. and Democrats yes. unhappy? Oh, yes. Just... Oh, absolutely. Yes. But uh, it, it will manifest itself in different ways. The Democrats are unhappy. On the other hand, this, they've been complaining about old NAFTA for 20 years. They're not going to say anything that sounds like it's defending old NAFTA. Yeah. Uh, there is an institutional argument here. There are still members of Congress that are institutionalists. They believe in the legislative branch of the government. They believe in Article I in the Constitution. And they believe that in Article I, Section 8, which says Congress has control authority over interstate and foreign commerce. And they're say, they're going to say that the president's riding roughshod over Article One, Section Eight, and that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing for democracy. It's a bad thing for the government. It's a bad thing for Congress. And, and if our, we
1: had the late Robert C. Byrd of West Virginia here, he, he would, would be, be leading remind, the parade. He yes. would be reminding. Yes, and, us and of keep
2: that. in mind there are almost are almost no precedents. The last time the United States withdrew from a trade agreement was 1868. This was the Andrew Johnson administration. Wow, It was an agreement with Canada, by the way, or a few provinces in Canada, and they had Congress's authority to do it. The, the Johnson administration had the authority of the Congress to do it,
0: but we haven't withdrawn from a trade agreement since then.
1: Since fur trapping days. Yes. Uh, yes.
0: But the, the interesting thing about this is even though they're going to moan and whine and, and maybe sue, I think it'll work because in the end, they don't want to be blamed for the thing going down. What you're gonna see- The leverage will work. The, the, yeah, the leverage will work. Bold prediction here, or maybe you know, ignorant prediction here. What you're gonna see is an extended negotiation between the Democrats and the administration. The Democrats are gonna say, they've already said uh, the agreement is not good enough. Mm-hmm and they'll be specific there'll be a list but the not everything on the list is going to matter but the the thing that will matter the most is they're going to say it's not good enough on labor on labor standards and they're going to tell lighthizer go back to mexico and do better And he says, I'm not going to do that, but I think in the end he will. He can do better, and I think he will do better. There's a New Mexican president who I think will be more disposed on this to be helpful. But that's only half the story. The other half of the story is that this is going to get held for ransom. Uh, This always happens when the party out of power controls part of the Congress. A big bill comes up, a presidential priority comes up, and they can't resist saying, what can we get for this? Right. We, let's hold this hostage, and we're going to get something. Well,
1: because after all, the Democrats, if they let this go through, they're going to be giving President Trump a signature foreign policy. Precisely. Wedding.
0: Well, exactly. And Which would
1: you know? Fine. Let's do the right thing here. But but there. But yeah, I, I think we all at this table know that in this town, in this age, both parties are reluctant to give each other. Oh uh,
2: yeah,
0: that's a quid. There needs to be a quo. I mean, they're uh-huh. going to look for one. And so. they're going to they have want a, something. They're going to have a big debate over what that should be it won't be trade it'll be an infrastructure bill it'll be a daca uh, bill something else on immigration don't build the wall spend more money on something that we care about uh, tax reform that we like there will be something other than the agreement trade specifically they're going to try to make a deal demand. with the deal maker yes and there's always a danger they'll overplay their hand uh democrats have been known to do that from time to time I say that being one, yeah, but uh, that will go on. And what you're going to see between now and probably March is a negotiation over the terms of of, of the agreement, uh, labor, environment, and other people will climb aboard the train. I think last week we talked about this Freedom Caucus L B G T. Provision that they're objecting to, so there will be other people saying, "Well, you know, if we're going to complain about the agreement, you know, I've got my thing, uh, and that'll get sorted out." What's the LBGT thing? Well, the the Canada Canada had a had a,
2: a priority in their negotiations to deal with their uh, diversity. Uh, initiative, and in which is a government-wide initiative. It has to do with both indigenous rights and LBG, LGBTQ rights. And so, I don't, it's not
0: clear to me exactly how it works, how it operates. It doesn't in- work. Both countries agreed that the language does not require either country to change its law. So... It's, rhetor- it's it may be rhetorical. Just,
2: it's right. It's anodyne.
0: It's it's anodyne to the to the conversation, but that won't stop people from taking. But the, the conservatives have picked up on this and said we can't have something in this agreement that gives any recognition to LG, LGBTQ issues. Right. So, the the point is, other people are going to try to climb aboard the train. There'll be lots of other things. They things won't to pick all at succeed. Too. Right. But there is a window here, time to do this because. If you'll recall, previous weeks, the ITC is doing this, the International Trade Commission, is supposed to do a study of the economic impact of the agreement. They have 105 days max from Friday to -hmm. do that. may take less, but that's the most they have. That would be the Ides of March, more or less uh and in and the, the administration has other things it has to do it has to send up a, a list of changes in law that yes. would be required it has to stand up a statement of administrative action there's all this stuff that has to go on while that's going on there's going to be this negotiation with the democrats the other thing i think is going to happen which for somebody like me who used to work there is welcome is i think you're going to see the house democrats taking back some of the authority to write this bill Because what happened in the 70s, 80s, and through the Uruguay Round is, the implementing bill was not written by the White House. The implementing bill was written by the Ways and Means and the Finance Committee. Uh, And in the end, they wrote it, they reconciled their two different versions, and then they handed it to the White House and said, here, submit this, and we'll pass it. Uh, The last time this happened was the Uruguay Round Agreements Act in
2: 1994, which had over 300 House votes in favor. And so but, it works,
0: but the implication is submit something different, and you take your chances. So in the nineties and the aughts, whatever we call that last decade, I uh, still don't know what the, we call the, the Congress got lazy and just started letting accepting drafts that the administration had prepared for these various uh, FTAs, and they you know they would fiddle with them and make some changes, but the 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 USTR was doing the drafting. I suspect in this case because of the difference of parties, that at least the House will want to draft uh, and go through the old-fashioned process and, in the end, hand somebody to the president and say, if you want the thing to pass, this is what you do. And that all, that, that, there's no time limit for that. That all takes place uh, before the president submits the bill. Now, the president can, can, you know, can blow off that process if he wants to because once, the, once he actually submits a bill, uh, it can't be changed. That's what they're going to vote on but this will take some work. Look, there're two new chairmen,
2: uh, Chairman Grassley of the Finance Committee yes. and Chairman Neil Neal of the of the Ways and Means Committee. So, they're new in the job. They're they're staffing up, they're dealing with a series of issues organizationally and administratively. So, they'll have to find a way to work together and uh, if they if they're actually going to produce the bill.
1: So, what do you what do you think is Scott Miller, what do you think is most likely to occur with the US USMCA now that Trump's declared his intention to withdraw from NAFTA?
2: I think the first move is for the House Democrats and probably the House Ways and Means Committee to declare it unsatisfactory in some important ways and, uh, and insist on renegotiation of certain components. That's, that's the way they treated bills in the Bush administration that they didn't like the last time there was a Democratic House majority. And I think that's the, that's the move that buys some time in this. Uh, and allows allows the, 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 a lot of things to happen under under the under the waterline, uh, while uh, while the the administration has something to go do. Exactly,
0: but the one thing we do know is lots of drama. You know, there'll be no shortage. No shortage of drama. The, the Democrats have to create a narrative that this agreement is unacceptable, and there will be lots of them that will be happy to do that. Some of them actually do think it's unacceptable. Uh, and some of them just want to play the game because they want to achieve, they want to hold it hostage. But you can't, you, you you don't hold it for ransom by saying, I'm holding it for ransom. You hold it for ransom by saying, it isn't any good, we need to fix it. Uh, but that is also an enabling tool for them because if they say it's no good and then Lighthizer does go off and fix it, that's good for the Democrats because he, it comes back and they say, ah, you know, you did a bad job and we made you fix it. And that then allows some of them to vote for it, which is why in the end, after all the drama, I'm optimistic. I think they'll get this through. we wind up
2: with USMCA.
0: But there will be lots of peaks and valleys, lots of cranky statements, and many occasions in which our friends in the media are going to say it's dead. So what's the timetable for this, you think? Uh, August recess. Yeah, before
2: the August recess of, of 2019.
0: Yeah, but it'll be done by then. And
2: probably it's the House vote is the last vote out the door before the August Well, but the Senate
0: vote has to come after. Uh, yes,
2: so sometime there.
0: Once it is formally submitted, there is a clock that starts to tick. Uh, It's a long clock because it's measured by days that are in session, not days of the calendar. Uh, And it's 90 days of being in session. But it never takes that long because once it's submitted, it can't be amended, it can't be delayed, it can't be filibustered uh so, and why so let there's, it sit there. there's not that much to do in other words if you want to approve it why let it sit there yeah so, so but I, I see i don't see it being submitted until april right. at the earliest and then there you know and then you, you, there's things you have to do you have to have a hearing mm-hmm. people have to have a chance to have their their say there will be people against it there'll be a debate right so i think by the august recess would be realistic so you know what this is making me think
1: it sounds like we're going to be dialing in from a remote location on a beach to talk trade guys next August.
0: That's the way life is. That I can think of many remote locations with beaches that would be good. I agree.
1: To our listeners, if you have a question for the trade guys, write us at tradeguys at csis.org. That's tradeguys at csis.org. We'll read some of your emails and have the Trade Guys react to it. Thank you, Trade Guys. Thank you. You've been listening to The Trade Guys, a CSIS podcast.